Welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you navigate uncomfortable spaces. My guest this week is Sam Gary, who is a mental health advocate and the co-founder and director of Kick It For A Cause, which is a kickball tournament to raise awareness about suicide prevention. I am really excited that I got to talk with Sam. So without further ado, let's get started with this episode featuring Sam Gary. So my name's Sam Gary. I'm 19 years old and I'm from Woburn, Massachusetts. So just, just a little bit outside or a little north of Boston. Uh, and I'm currently a first year or freshman at Bates College in Lewiston, Maine, uh, which is all going, going very well, fortunately. But my story really began back when I was right around 14 or 15 years old in, in 2016. And, and that was when I first uh, recognized symptoms of depression. But at the time, I didn't uh, realized that that it was depression. I thought it was just burnout. Um, my my first symptom was losing passion for uh, for sports and other things that I uh, that I enjoyed doing, and and I had done them so much and for so long that it that coming to the conclusion that that it was burnout, you know, kind of made sense. It seemed logical. Um, I tried to let it simmer, and it didn't, which which was definitely a red flag. And that loss of passion for for doing things I once loved. Um, turned into uh, a complete uh, loss of of will to live, if that makes any sense. I kind of butchered the explanation of that. But, you know, suicidal thoughts and suicidal ideation hit me pretty hard. Um, and it's still something I struggle with today. You know, even uh, early 2020, before, before the pandemic, I was sent to very intensive outpatient therapy because of suicidal uh, thoughts I was having, um, which is really, really difficult. With that being said, it was it was then first through the symptoms that I didn't understand to be the pre- depression and the stigma that I saw when I was fighting through uh, you know suicidal thoughts, suicidal ideation, anxiety, depression. Uh, when I realized that someone has to do something about it, I decided to share my story uh, through a fundraiser through one of the junior golf organizations that uh, I used to play for, and and since then I've I've started my own nonprofit which is, has been a ton of fun with my, with my best friend from high school, Noah, where we started a charity kickball tournament. And, and I've, I've been really, really lucky to be able to share my story, both on Instagram with organizations like Unsinkable Youth in Toronto, The Conversationalist, you know, a bunch of, of uh, nationwide uh, golf media uh, sources. And it's, it's, it's been fun, but it, it hasn't been easy for sure. Thank you for sharing your story with me because I am super excited to have you on the podcast. I would really love to talk some more about what really motivated you to share your story because there's just so much stigma around mental health and I think sometimes it's a really hard issue to talk about. What made you feel like you needed to share your story? Yeah, absolutely. So um, after I started telling some people about, you know, privately about what I was going through and, and kind of reaching out for help. I, I realized the, the horrible stigmas that surround it. You know, people I thought, uh, who I thought were my friends, I, I suddenly realized that, oh my gosh, this is like, this is horrible. And, and I'm, uh, uh, I was able to recognize that 
I, I'm extremely privileged. You know, I obviously being, being a white guy, a teenager, uh, you know, in suburban Massachusetts, I have, things aren't going too bad for me. And I, I've got a great support, support system, but if I've got everything going for me and things are still, things still feel like they're going wrong, uh, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, someone else who maybe doesn't have that support system or, or doesn't have the priv privilege that I do. So that was when I was like, all right, uh, this is something that, that we need to bring attention to. And, and now it's not something that can wait five years or 10 years or, you know, next generation or whatever. It, it was, it was really through recognizing the stigmas and, and realizing that there weren't many people our age that, that were, were sharing their stories in depth. You know, when I first shared my story, I left it all on the line. I, I went into arguably a little bit too much depth about my suicidal thoughts and suicidal ideation. But I, uh, looking back on it, I don't regret any of it. And, and I'm really, uh, I'm proud of the work that I've been able to do. And, and I'm, I'm so thankful, like I, like I mentioned, um, for, for the support system that I have, uh, or I've had over the past, you know, four or five years. Yeah, I'm so glad that you had such a solid support network, because I do think it's important to recognize that so many people don't have that. Why do you think mental health is such a taboo topic to talk about these days? What are some of the barriers that are stopping people from talking about the issue and focusing more on possible solutions? Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of it is, um, I, I feel like a lot of times there, there's kind of this generational lag, if that makes any sense, where um, our parents and our, our grandparents grew up, you know, where, where this was mental health issues and psychological disorders were not talked about at all. You know, you're told to like, get over it. It's whatever. These, these issues were neglected. And, and that's uh, kind of been in, inherited by us. However, with that being said, especially during the pandemic, we've we've seen a, a tremendous shift in in you know people who are starting conversations and but I, I think that 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 generational lag or or um, kind of what's passed down onto us plays a big role. And I also think the the stigmas really uh, a lot of times come from the media more than we than we think that they do. I I know a lot of people who when they think of, of you know, when I mentioned I, I went to outpatient therapy, they think of the people who are, are locked up in the, the cushioned rooms in a straitjacket, like stuff like that. And that's not it at all. Um, you know, that's, that's one, of the, one of the misconceptions in the field. And I think there's, there's kind of just a, a lack of education and a lack of understanding. Obviously, that's, that's kind of a vague answer, but, uh, but um, it's it's certainly getting better like i said especially with the with the pandemic people are are much more open to to speak out about how they're feeling and what they're feeling uh but we've still got a long way to go definitely and i do think that you made a really good point too that covid helped people to slow down and pay closer attention to their mental health so i do feel like that's a positive step but i'd love to get your thoughts on that a little bit more what effect do you think the pandemic is going to have on young people? How do you think COVID has impacted mental health? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a, that's a really good question. And I, I think it goes many different ways. I think in my opinion, in, in the short term, well, in the short term, it's, it's both helped and, and hurt people. I think there's the argument that, uh, that you know, oh, the, the COVID restrictions are too tight. It's hurting people's mental health. Um, by by not being able to socialize, so so that's maybe the argument in the short term about um, it hurting mental health. But at the same time, there are the people who 
um, are anxious and feeling not so great about uh, the possibility of contracting COVID. Um, and, and that has left them with, uh, with maybe some, some struggles, whether it be anxiety, depression, eating disorders, you know, whatever it may be. So, so it's, it's really a, a dual-edged sword, at least in the short term. I know that in Japan in October, I'm not sure what other statistics look like. And the tough thing about the U.S. is that uh, our statistics, they come out like years later. So we won't find out the immediate impact of this for a while. Um, but in Japan in October, I believe it was either more women or more people in general died of suicide than they did by COVID. Um, and, and that's not something to, you know, to kick under the rug. That's something that needs to be addressed. And, and whether that's, I, I think that's, it's both the expectations and standards, especially with, with body image and that kind of stuff is, is much different out there. So it's that in combination with COVID. So it's, it's, it's really, really difficult. And it's, it's tough for me to come to a the definitive conclusion on on where I stand on that. I think in the long term, it'll absolutely help. I think it'll help more than it will hurt just because this this conversation has kind of been started. And I think with with its significance, I, I, I don't believe it's going to like die out after the pandemic is over, which is really, really good to hear. But I I, I definitely think it, it both has been hurting and helping people, um, you know, these days uh, with with everything going on for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I think the pandemic has been really personal for everyone and everyone's had pretty different experiences with it. So I really like, I, I think that your answer was really spot on. I'd love to switch gears a little bit because I want to know more about Kick It For A Cause because it's such a fun idea. Tell me about the process to develop it, what you're working on now. Give me the whole scoop on the event, the organization. I want to hear about it. Yeah, thank you. So um, so me and my buddy Noah, Noah Dollywall, uh, he was uh, a really good friend of mine throughout high school. Obviously, we're still great friends. Back in early uh, May or June 2019, we decided we wanted to do an intramural sports tournament benefiting suicide prevention, specifically the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. I'm, I think it was like an Instagram poll is how we decided we were going to do kickball. It was something super trivial like that. But uh we, we kind of took it and ran with it. And in October of, of 2019, um, we held the event and it went way better than I think we could have ever expected. Not only um, in terms of turnout, but just as far as like self-fulfillment and, and, you know, the reaction we received from the community was, was just unbelievable. And, and that's when we kind of recognized that, you know, maybe we could do something with this. At the time, we weren't a nonprofit yet. We were just like, all right, we're going to kickstart this tournament and see where it goes. You know, we're just a bunch of the high school juniors and seniors trying to trying to find our way. But uh, this year in 2020, uh, obviously with the pandemic, unfortunately our, our 2020 uh, kickball tournament was canceled. So we decided we, we don't want to just kind of let this year slip through our fingers. You know, we decided we want to do something. And, and that's when we decided that we wanted to start uh, a scholarship Bennett or going to someone at our, our, uh, our former high school, um, who's passionate about mental health awareness and suicide prevention. And, and that's when the conversation started to come up about um, incorporating ourselves as a nonprofit. Admittedly, it's, it's, I, I personally believe that starting a nonprofit and running a nonprofit, you never understand how difficult it is until you get into it. Um, you know, and, and that's where it comes back to the, the incredible support system that, that I've had both with my family, you know, my siblings, 
my parents and then Noah and, and his family. It's, it, I'm really proud of, of all of the work we've been able to put in, you know, whether it's the, the nonprofit businessy side stuff, you know, whether it's uh, finding accountants, lawyers, running bank accounts and, and filing taxes or, you know, a lot of the advocacy stuff, you know, now we're, we're making a push on a more of a push on social media. Uh, we just launched a, launched a, a merchandise line. And, and now this year we're really excited in 2021 where um, we're started to kind of trying to push for legislative uh, action in Massachusetts for suicide prevention and mental health awareness, primarily in, um, in school systems where that education among administrators, faculty, and, and students is, is really lacking. So it's been a, a long few years, but I'm, I'm very, very excited to see, see where we go in the future. Definitely. I love that you've been able to develop the project so much because you're just doing such great work with it. Along the lines of advocacy and your own mental health activism, do you have any advice that you share or maybe that you'd want to share with people who may be struggling with their mental health? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There are, I I think, first of all, it's like a, it's kind of cliche, but, but reach out for help. There are always people who are, and, and the problem is who do you reach out to? I think if, if you're more of in a, a crisis scenario, the suicide prevention lifeline at uh, 1-800-273-8255 is awesome. Um, I've used it before and it's, it's, it's very, very, uh, it's, it's far more beneficial and, and unfortunately very stigmatized, which is kind of why it's kind of tough to people to to revert over to that. If you're not comfortable with speaking to someone on the phone, um, I believe it's uh, 741741 is the text line. Uh, that's also very beneficial too. There are great apps these days. Um, one is called Seven Cups, where uh, it's essentially an anonymous uh, counseling service uh, that you can use for free. Another thing as well, if, if they're struggling with their mental health and maybe have reached out for help and are seeing a psychologist or psychiatrist is, is finding the right coping strategies. Um, one thing that I found that, that works pretty well for me is like very light meditation, like on apps like Headspace and, and Calm. Those apps are great. I think meditation sometimes kind of gets a bad rap because everyone has that picture in their head of like just very spiritual and it doesn't have to be like that you know it's just taking 10 minutes and kind of cooling down and and uh you know allowing yourself to to feel feel everything and and you know whether meditation works for you or other things like reading going for a walk obviously all things that people have probably heard before um, but it's all about finding what works best for you and and finding uh, a few good people that that you can always reach out to. Obviously, that's that can be much, much easier said than done. Um, you know, that's me speaking from my position of privilege where I kind of have that. Uh, but yeah, I'd say uh, find, finding, you know, not only finding right resources, but the right ones um, and also finding right, the right coping strategies that work best for you, whether it's um, quick ones that can work on a whim or, or ones where you can really put some time into it. I think that's all great advice. And thank you so much for sharing those words of wisdom. Along those lines, I'm going to ask you to give a little bit more advice. Lots of young people, particularly college students, want to create change and they want to make a difference in the world. Do you have any advice or maybe words of wisdom that you'd want to share with these people who may just not really know where to get started, how to get started? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the the biggest issue with 
social media today is we're, we're kind of trapped in, in echo chambers where, you know, you may post something on, on social media, um, you know, uh, whether it's, uh, say, for example, myself, for example, with the mental health stuff, um, posting something, but I know that most of my following agrees with what I say, um, you know, or, or understands my message and, and there's no real pushback. I wouldn't really expect there to be any pushback with mental health stuff, but I feel like if to really, really make an impact, you, you have to be willing to, to navigate those uncomfortable spaces and, and willing to kind of, uh, push your messages in, in spaces where not everyone's going to agree with you. Um, you know, I, I think growth comes from, especially when it comes to one-on-one uh, -on -one conversations or a conversation with the group. I, I think the ones that, that help us grow the most are the, ones, are, the, are the ones that sting a little bit when we're walking away from, if that makes any sense. You know, it's, uh, I think, don't get me wrong, it's, it's absolutely possible to, to make change if, if, you know, you're reaching your, your friends and, and that kind of stuff, whether it be educating them or, or whatever it may be, you know, things they just uh, don't know. But I found the, uh, my most fulfilling and satisfying work and, and where I've been able to make the most changes when I, I kind of seek those people who are not going to agree with what I say. And it, and it takes, uh, you know, if, if I want them to kind of understand my message, I'm going to have to, you know, pull some strings and convince them a little bit. So it's, it, it's, it's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world, but it's, it's certainly effective if you, if you find kind of uh, your way of doing it for sure. I really enjoyed talking with Sam. And I'm really, really glad that he's doing the work he's doing. Mental health continues to be so stigmatized in this country, but it's people like Sam who are working to normalize the issue. I think we're getting better about having open conversations about mental health, but as Sam said, we have a long way to go and lots to improve. While mental health issues can be tough, sensitive, or uncomfortable to talk about, people like Sam are doing important work because change comes when you navigate uncomfortable spaces. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can follow Sam on Instagram at samvgary to get connected with him. You can also follow at kickitforacause for more info about Sam's organization and the event. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at be the change podcast.org or on Instagram at be the change podcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye guys. <laughs>